feel like preaching anymore. Let me let me just let me just let me just give you these words. Now, if it if I don't tell you everything, it's okay. Joshua chapter fourteen, verse six to twelve. I think the points have been said, but let me just emphasize a few things. Oh, there's some Holy Ghost power in this place. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. Are you there? The people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions or according to what I believed. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. I'm going to read that again. The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Now give me this hill country or give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Just as he said. It's a text that speaks on its own. It speaks several things and I want you to hold them in your spirit tonight. And, 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 and I want you to understand why we pray. We pray for the things we have prayed for. Irregardless of the fact that we have the promise, we still have to pray for those things. Why? Because your prayers activate the promise of God. Tell your neighbor, my prayer activates the promise of God. So, 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 so you, 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 need, you need to understand that deep in your spirit that 
even though you may have the promise, you may not enjoy the promise because it has not been activated. Who am I speaking to? The promises of God are yes and amen. And yet they may need to be activated by your prayer. You may need to engage God and ask from them. Or you may need to engage men so that the promises of God in your life may be fulfilled through them. You see, Caleb understands that there is a promise over his life and that the promise of God is that this mountain, the mountain Hebron, the mountain where the Anakites were living. You see, when the people came back, when the people came back that were sent by Moses, the 12 of them, when they came back, the 12 particularly mentioned the Anakites as being the giants. Even Caleb acknowledged that, yes, they were giants. But the other ten said they are giants and we can never conquer them. We are grasshoppers before them. But Caleb says it doesn't matter whether they are grasshoppers. Joshua says it doesn't matter because God is on our side. If we are to move with God, his promise to us is that we will possess the land. That was their standpoint. And so after 45 years, after 45 years, when they had engaged God, engaged the land, 45 years later, they still have not taken that hill country of the Anakites. They've taken the land of the Jebusites. They've taken the land of the Canaanites. They've taken the land of the Hittites and, and, and the Perizzites and, and all the other ites you can think of, except of the Anakites. Why? Because the Anakites were in, living upon a hill on Hebron, which was surrounded by other hills. No wonder David later came back and made it his Jerusalem. I understand what I'm saying, people. But there were giants in the place. And so they had left it for 45 years, conquered everywhere else round about them. And you know what? The giants were not moved. The Anakites were not moved. They remained there. While the Canaanites who were in the valleys were being conquered and the Jebusites and the Perizzites and the Hittites who also lived in mountains around the Anakites, the Anakites remained there. There are some promises in your life. This is what I want you to get. The major things that you must accomplish, the major promises in your life may still remain outstanding while you get smaller things around you. I know who am I talking to. And I don't want you to be satisfied by the smaller things around you because the big one remains too big to be conquered. You see, people who are outstanding are people that go for the extraordinary. Did you hear what I said? outstanding people go for extraordinary they are not satisfied with ordinary they are not satisfied with enough with just enough they want more than enough i hope i've got more than enough people here they 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 are no ah, as long as i've got a bike that takes me there no they want a good bike that takes them there and brings them back and takes them again tomorrow ah they are not satisfied by the fact that we have, we have at least managed something. No. They want to achieve it at its best. Outstanding people see big visions. 
You see, the crowd, this is the problem of the crowd. There were 12 that went. How many saw the land of the promise? Two. You need to desire to stand out of the crowd. Tell your neighbor, get out of the crowd. Get out of the crowd. Get out of the crowd. You see, it is because of the crowd that even sin becomes common and normal. It is because of the crowd that people have become complacent. We, you, whether you pray or you don't pray, it doesn't matter because the crowd never prays anyway. I was just thinking, you who prays and prays and prays and prays, you go and write the same exam with somebody who has not prayed at all in their 30 years, do they not pass as well? Huh? Some are doing better than you after you have prayed. So sometimes you might end up saying, well, if the crowd does not pray, why am I praying? You see, this is why churches are emptying in the Netherlands, because the crowd has chosen not to. And so when I was being told this story, that we started off with 30,000 members, now we, we only have less than 12,000 and we anticipate that by the year 2020 we might even be less than 4,000. It's a church that's telling me their demographics. Why? Because the crowd has chosen. Church is not necessary. So from 30,000 by 2020 there will be less than 4,000. It's like 30,000 is like the population of Valgenian when I first came into this place. Imagine everyone going to church on a Sunday. The whole city. Children to grandfathers. Walking into church on a Sunday. 30,000. That's, that's what I'm talking about. The whole city of Agony going into church. And now, less than 4,000. If you count the 10 or 12 churches in Wageningen today, in a population of 40,000, we don't even come up to 1,000 people that are going into church. This building takes 300 people, 350. Why are they selling it to us? Because they can't reach 100 anymore. And they are Dutch. Maybe you say you have an excuse, we are few Africans. I know some of you say, ah, we're just African church. No, we are here to be a solution. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can say, well, there are, few, there are just a few Africans of us, and by the time some go to Catholic, to ICF, and to AGP, we are all scattered everywhere. There are just a few of us. Okay, we are less than 4,000 African people in this city. By proportion, we, yeah, because the crowd has chosen to be outside. Watch out for the crowd. But then, the other 36,000 who are Europeans, okay, maybe let's take out these, the uh, Asians, about three, 4,000 Asians in the city. The other 30,000 that remain are just Dutch people in the city. And you will not, you will put them all into this building and into the other one on providing Skerek, and that is it, on a Sunday. If we all wanted to be united, we can combine our services into two buildings. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying, church? This is the reality of the time we are in. So watch out for the crowd. We have a work and God is calling us to a work and that work will need extraordinary people. It will need people with a heart like Caleb. People with a desire like Caleb who said, give me this mountain.
You see, I see the challenge. The giants are there and they do not care what we do. The people around us do not care what we do. You see, they only care about us when we open the window and start singing our songs. Otherwise, they do not care what we do in the place. You understand what I'm saying, people? And yet there was a time where people cared what the church was doing. And God must bring a revival through you and me in this time in the name of Jesus. You see, as I kneel down to pray about this building, we are not just possessing it to be able to put a big banner written RCCG outside. No, we are possessing this place so that it can make a difference into the community. So that we can be a solution to the drug addicts and to the young people and to the people that need healing and to the people that need a solution, to the people that are looking for God, to people that are looking for answers. What is my life about? What is the situation? Why are things going like this? Why am I divorcing? We are the solution in the name of Jesus. But it will take a people that are like Caleb who will be able to say, I see the mountain and the mountain must be possessed. I see the mountain and the mountain cannot stay like that. God had said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 9 that I'm bringing you into the land and the land is Anakites. But those Anakites, I will annihilate, I will drive them out, I will remove them from the place. And yet they are still there 45 years later. They were still there. And by that time, do you want to know something else? Joshua had come to a place where he had thought, I'm done with my business. And God went to come back and say to Joshua, Joshua, you may have possessed the land, but there is still much more to take. And then Caleb rises and says, Joshua, that mountain. Not the other ones there, but that mountain. Mount Hebron. The one with the Anakites. Yes, the one in the center, the most difficult one. That mountain that we have all skimmed around. Joshua, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. I don't know where you are, but I want you to rise up out of a place of just following the crowd. A place of just being ordinary to a place where you will stand out. Where you will say, even though the other ten are saying it can't, I say it can. Even when people are saying it's not possible, I say with my God it is possible. When people are saying you can't do this one, you are going to say I can do it. When people are saying, no, it does not happen that way. You say, with me, it shall happen this way. You see, where you need to stand out and when people are saying, you know, this one is not for you, you will say, it is for me. You know, there are places where people will just cancel you out. Say, ah, this one is not for you. But I need people who will be outstanding to say, it is for me. It is for me. Give me this mountain. A mountain can be two things. I tell you that quickly. Mountain can be two things. I could tell you more things what a mountain can be, but I've just put them into two bulk things. Number one, a mountain can be a challenge, a hindrance, something that stands in your way, something that prevents you from reaching your destination. It's a mountain. You see, so like, for example, when you want to go to Anhem, you have to cross through the mountain there in, in, in the mountain of Akingen. You know the mountain of Akingen? Where there is the biotechnology. Some of you are looking at what is pastor talking about. Yes, you have to drive up, cycle up. If I ask some of you to cycle up there, you will faint on the way. 
You have to go up that mountain. And so some of you don't want to go that way. If you have to go to Marike's house, you have to go up and then down. And you'll be, some of you will not want to go there because you'll be thinking the mountain I have to climb back coming home. If Marike has not fed you very well, you might not come back. See why? Because going up is a challenge. And it becomes a hindrance for you to get to the place where you must get to. It's a mountain. Mountain stands in the way. You see, I was, I was reading of, 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 a, of a story in Sweden where they have now decided to put a big project to drill a tunnel through the mountain. And you know what they want to do when they've drilled the tunnel? Make sure that the ships, not just your small car, this is a tunnel to put big ships, cargo ships, all the way from China, from UK, wherever, from Rotterdam, all those big container ships. Have you ever seen a big container ship? They want to drill a tunnel through the mountain so that the ships don't have to go around a mountain, but they just go through the mountain. Why? Because that mountain is a hindrance. They are saying if we can invest $30 billion to drill a big hole, a big tunnel through this, this mountain, we will save a lot more money because the ships have to go around like this 10 extra days to go around the mountain. Why? Because the mountain is a hindrance to the destination. It stands in the way. And, 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 and you need to deal with the mountains, you see. And so in, in such incidences when you would say, give me this mountain, you are saying, Lord, help me to be able to conquer this challenge. Help me to be able to conquer this situation. Like when they put some exam and they say, if you don't pass this exam, you can't go to the next stage. That exam becomes like a mountain where you say, God, give me this mountain. Help me to pass it so that I can go to the next level. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? A mountain is something that, that, that becomes it can become a stepping stone but it has to be conquered see like some of you are not yet married because you have not conquered the mountain of bachelorhood should I go on about it <laughs> Let, let's leave it let's leave it let's leave it I want us to pray and so and so a mountain a mountain is something that you need to deal with in order to get to destination and and Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 to 7 is a promise for us there and says so he said this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord almighty what are you almighty mountain you see that is what Caleb was saying he was saying Joshua if the Lord be with me what is this mountain what is this mountain? And listen to what, what it says. Before Zerubbabel, you will become a level ground. Like when the Swedish have finished drilling that tunnel, it will just be a level ground. How many of you have ever gone to Belgium? In Belgium, they, they, they have a lot more terrain like, uh, uh, compared to the Netherlands. And most of the time when you're driving in Belgium, when you cross through cities, you cross the city underground. It's a nation of tunnels. You should go to Belgium by car one day, or even by train. You're going to many tunnels. And so you've, at a certain moment, you have no reception on the phone. Why? Because you're in one tunnel after the other. It's a nation of tunnels. Why? Because they realized that in order to make the ground level, don't go up, but go under. In my country, they build these roads that go like this. 
and if you are driving, your car goes, and if you are if you are driving behind a truck, you'll be speaking in tongues, even when you don't know how to speak in tongues. On some of those mountains, you think if this truck suddenly the truck stops, and you think, is it going to start backing backwards? You'll be praying in tongues. I, I know some friends who used to say, when you are in a bus, some of those old buses, and the bus starts to smoke, that even the smoke from the outside fills the inside of the bus because it's struggling to go up the mountain. Here they just drill through the mountain. You hear what I'm saying? Why? Because the mountain needs to be leveled. And there are many ways of leveling a mountain. You can either excavate it completely. This mountain I command you, be thou removed and be thrown into the sea. That is what Jesus, some mountains you have to tell them, be removed and be thrown into the sea. I am praying that everyone who's standing as a mountain in your life, you see, must be removed and thrown to the side in the name of Jesus. You, you, let, me, let me just tell you a testimony. You see what, I, I needed to get a breakthrough. And, and, and because the breakthrough was not coming, I started to pray to say, God, help me until God showed me that there are people that are blocking your path. And so I started to pray to say, Father, everyone who's blocking my path, just move them. Suddenly, people are promoted to different places or just relocated from the job to another. Why they are relocated that time, you don't know. But two months later, somebody comes up and begins to promote you, begins to put you in the place where you must be. You see, sometimes the supervisor who just won't agree with you. Suddenly they are told, go and work in the U.S. And a supervisor who agrees with you is, comes in and you get a distinction. Why? Because sometimes some things are like mountains. Even family members, I had an uncle who said, young man, you will not wed unless you come to my house. I prayed, God, give him a journey so that I don't have to come to him. And I waited without him. Because he's just a mountain to be a blocker to the things that you must accomplish. And, and so you, God, Jesus says, this mountain you can tell it if you have faith. And I need a people who have a faith like Caleb. Who says, what is this mountain? Who are these Anakites? If God is with me, as he said, this mountain is mine. He will help me to drive them out in the name of Jesus. And, and some mountains, you just tell them to be leveled and Jesus will level them. Some you drill through. Some you say, Lord, help me to climb. And so in, Malak, in, in, in Micah, he says, God says, I will make your feet nimble, strong. You know, not your, not your feet that are, you know, like, uh, like what, what is it called? Grease meal, you know, just with, the, what is that? Oh, that, you know, just stretchy like this. You know, where you walk a few minutes and you are most, God said, I'll make your feet nimble, strong, you know, strong to range the heights like a, like a, like a mountain goat. Now make your feet strong so that you can range the heights. Whichever way God must give you the grace, the power, the ability to range and be on top of the mountain. Because when you conquer the mountain, you are getting to your destination in the name of Jesus. A mountain, a mountain can be, a mountain can be a vision. This is number two. A mountain can be a vision. And, and it can be something that belongs to you, that's supposed to be yours. It can be a vision. It can be a goal. It, it can be something that you must achieve, something you must attain to. It may be a target, a promise, something that must be fulfilled, something that must be inherited in your life. That can be a mountain. And so it is so big. That, you know, you, it cannot just come just like that. 
It is so big that it needs you to do something in order to have it. It is so big that sometimes it overwhelms you when you think about it. It is so big that sometimes it, 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 it makes you think that ah, maybe I, I, it's not for me. It is, it is so big that, that it, it's, it seems so far away. You see, like when, they, when, when the first time they said they were going to sell this building, you see, they didn't say, it, this is not the first time they've said it. The very first time they said it, 10 years or so ago, when they said it, I looked at the church. We were like 40 or so at that time. Our budget for the year was like only 30,000. It's not much bigger now. But, but, but then when you hear about buying a building like that and you are with only 40 people, a building that was had about 300 people at that, that those days they had like 300 people coming into service just to tell you how much things have changed 2005 6 about 300 people coming into service now they are less than 100 they have to move the people into another into another congregation that's that's the decrease and it's a trend we need to pray against i don't know why i have to come back to this there is now a big organization that is buying churches away because the church cannot look after the church. They can't look after their building. So there's now somebody who started a business of acquiring church buildings and selling them to the best bidder. These best bidders can be museums. Like the big church in the center is going to be a museum Monday to Saturday and Sunday they worship. When they go out, it becomes a museum again. It's reality. I want you to understand it's not far away. So, 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 so this guy, he's now a consultant. And now they are inviting him to come to the U.S. Because churches also in the U.S. start to get sold to people because the churches are closing down. So as much as you have the big churches that we hear of, you know, the Joel, Joel Austin and the T.D. Jakes and, and the, the Rick Warren and the Andrew Stanleys, as much as we hear those guys, there are many other churches that are closing down and are having to be given over to people. I was invited one time by colleagues at work and said, we've got something special that you should see. We are having a dinner for you. And do you know where the dinner was? It was in an old church in Hooftop. What's special about having dinner in a church? is because they've now put where the altar used to be, they've now put a brewery to brew beer. So they tell you we are brewing the beer right here. Come and see how we brew it. And you look there and you say, ah, that's where the preacher used to stand and preach. It's now brewing beer. And because people knew I was a Christian and a pastor, they said this is going to be special for you. That's how people say it's special. And we paid a lot of money to be in that place. Even the food, I, I just struggled to eat it. Where the choir used to stand, to sit, to stand and sing with their organist playing. There now they have the best seats, the most expensive seats in the restaurant. You should hear what I'm saying, people. So it's not just the big church in, 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 in Amsterdam on Madame Tussaud. That is the museum. It's happening everywhere around you. So I want you to be aware. So when they said they were selling this place those days, I looked at it and I said, God, this place is good. I would love to have it. But I just didn't have the capacity at that time. Even to say I'm going to offer something, I just didn't know what to come and say to the people about offering. 
So in the people, the people thought about it, thought about it, argued amongst themselves and decided we'll renovate. When they said they will renovate, I said, thank you, Lord. I receive those renovations. But deep in my heart, I was saying, God, how am I going to do it? Now that they renovate, it means the building becomes more expensive. So the vision has been brewing. It's 10 years now, possibly 11 since I started birthing in my heart. And then my wife was reminding me of prayers we have prayed around this place, prayers we have prayed around this building that are pointing out to the fact that when God is preparing something for you, you need to have a mountain, a vision, something bigger than yourself that brings you to your knees. And you can only say like Caleb says, as the Lord said. And as far as what the Lord has said, I count about four different men of God who have spoken about us having a building. Four. At different occasions, different settings, without having spoken to each other. One is a Zambian, one is a Zimbabwean, one is a Ghanaian, and another is a Dutch. Four different men of God have spoken. So now I stand upon that word. So when they say we are selling, I just care. I'm buying. And say, you need to come with money. And by the time he said, yeah, oh, you redeemed Christian. Where is it from? And I just, ah, you need to come with a lot of oil. I said, it's okay. I'm buying. But as I say that, I know that I know that it's unto God who gives me the mountain. It's not men. It's not human beings. It's God. And I need you, church, to be a people that are extraordinary. To be like the ant. You see, an ant carries something that is 15 or so times its own weight. It lifts up a big chunk of food, much heavier than itself. And that's the kind of mentality that we need to have. That was the mentality that Caleb had. Says, I may be a grasshopper in their eyes, but I will conquer them. Goliath says to David, do you think I'm a dog that you come to me? And you know, David was a small boy. Why did they leave David out of the army? Because he was small. He was not a big guy. If it was about the qualifications to enter into the army, David was not tall enough to go in. So that's why they left him. Even when they said, give him the armor of Saul. See, Saul was a big guy anyway. So it was a bit silly to give Saul's armor onto David. But you see, if David was a normal guy who was fit for battle, he would have been able to still walk in the armor of Saul. I want you to realize that. It may not have been the best fit because it was not for David, but it was a good armor. The king had the best armor of the, of the army. So that's why they said, let's give him, because this guy is putting out his neck for a big thing. Uh, do I have a Caleb in the house? Do I have a David in the house? Where they say in your study, we need somebody to lead, and you say, I will lead. When they say we need somebody to take up this task, I, say, I will take up this task. When say we need somebody to manage this and say, I will manage this. It's big, but I will do it. When they say we need a family member to rise up and lead this family, say, I am here. Look at me, I am here. Say, but who are you? I am he who I am. What do you have? I have what I have. And what I have is the Lord on my side. If God be for us, who can be against us? Caleb says, God who said it, will he not make sure that it comes to pass? Jesus, Jesus speaking says, you know what? Not a word that I've spoken to you. Not a word that I've declared. 
will go unfulfilled. So you need to understand that a mountain can be a vision. I don't know what visions you have. Ernest did something, I was, I was challenging my wife when we were coming and I said, I hope you've made your specific point today. And, 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 and I, I, I don't know if she understood what I was saying. And, and I said, you need to make your specific point. And that's what Ernest was asking you to do. Make your specific point. If you have made a specific point and if it's something that you carry with one hand, I want you to change it. To say it's something that I'll need to carry with two. Did you hear what I said, church? If you have said, I only want two children, go and make them four. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only thing you can ask for one one is one wife, one husband. <laughs> but if you, when you ask for a wife, you say, God, I want a big one. <laughs> or a big husband. That I will need to carry him with two hands. Yeah. Not just one finger, but two hands. Maybe even ask for help. I was hearing one day when one pastor was saying, my children are now so big, I need to buy a big car like this to carry my children. And I laughed. Say, please stop feeding your children. But I understood what he was saying because the car that he brought, he bought, you see here is a man who enjoys his life. It makes a statement. And I don't think it was anything to do with the children. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? You need something that challenges you. Something that makes you wake up in the night and say, how am I going to achieve this? Something that makes you wake up at 5 a.m. and says, I've got to work. You see, before, uh, let, me, let me use my wife. Before when my wife was working for, 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 for the church, you know, and she was doing the finances of the church, the, 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 the budget was small. And so she could afford to sleep and she could afford to say, I'm disturbing here when I was waking up early. And now, even today, I was even just looking and saying, you, we have to go to work. We have to go to church. And she's still saying, I need to finish some reports. We are talking about $8 million at stake in one project. She was telling me yesterday, her testimony to say, somebody was saying, how are you going to manage all these millions by yourself? And I said, God has lifted you up. Before you counted the millions on your finger, now you have to work 24-7. Even on Sunday, sometimes she's coming to preach in church. Afterwards, she's going to continue with some report. And I laughed this time and I said, now God has lifted you up. Because now you need two hands, not just one. I can sit down and read my, my thing because she's not troubling me. She's doing her own work. Why? Because she has two things she needs to do. <laughs> so, so. And I'm, and I'm praying that it does not stop there. She must go higher in the name of G. Why? Because you need something that, make, that, you need to, that causes you to rise up from where you are. You see, when I started working where I'm working, I started buying other books than I was buying in the university because I needed to learn new things, to carry an organization that works from Brazil all the way to Singapore and be able to talk to people in New Zealand and talk to people in Canada at the same time and make sure they understand what I'm saying. And talk to somebody who does not understand English and is saying some Indonesian. And be able to come out and know that they will do what you have instructed. I needed to learn something. And it meant I had to buy books. I had to read. I had to work and work and do all kinds of things. So that I could get to where I am now. And I'm not stopping there. 
because I need this place. I was saying to my wife yesterday that there's another building I saw in Utrecht and, and my heart just went to that building. I don't know why. I'm not saying anything yet, but my heart just went to that building. <laughs> and every time I drive past it, I just say, that building, oh, I don't know. This one has come 10 years and I will get it in by 2020, it will be ours. And that one also... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying anything. But God, give me this mountain. I, we need something that is bigger than ourselves. Something that moves us beyond what we are. Don't be satisfied with mediocrity. Don't be satisfied. I don't care where you've come from. You have the potential to get to something bigger. It might take you a while, but get there. See, I was talking about it's a year of restoration. When I left university as a bachelor's student, I went into work and I, I, I saw one day one 20-year-old guy. He did a project and he was rewarded with a brand new car. I did something very similar and I was not rewarded with a brand new car. And that thing pained my heart. <laughs> pained my heart about the prejudice that I saw happening in that place. And I purposed in my heart that, God, I shall get there. So, and I began to pray. I remember so vividly at the corner of the factory outside, I would walk there. God, you will lift me up. And while this one was not rewarding me, somebody heard about me and said, bring that young man. And you know, while I was even being pained of not being given a car, I didn't even have a license. So, so, so I went in and somebody says, you are young. I don't know you. I only heard one thing about you and I want you to come and work for me. So I went there. Succeeded in a project and he says, I give you a car. It was a second-hand car. And I was lined up to get a good car. Because another company heard about me and just said, we've heard about you. And I said, thank you, God. Those prayers by the side of the factory. See, I still remember them so vividly, wearing my blue blue lab coat and these white trousers because yeah, that was the dressing there and I was standing there praying to say God why am I not remembered like this guy was remembered but if you are God something must happen in my life and then I started to get all these nice things and then I came to study and I left this big house and came to live in Asapak my God and a bicycle After having prayed those prayers, I left that car to a bicycle. <laughs> so, and, and, and you know, when I came here, when I bought a car, I started to realize the pain of owning a car. Because then I drove it. One time I drove the car, got fuel on a Friday, drove to a conference 600 kilometers away came back and parked it again and said please fuel my car and the company just fueled the car broke down they just gave me another one and went and fixed the other one so when i bought my own i started feeling the pain of having a car and i started to pray to say god you must restore me i don't care 
See, some people say, you are, you are saying, hey, company car, blah, blah. I don't care because it's more money in my pocket to have a company car because I don't care about how it breaks down or who fixes it. I just have to enjoy it and keep it well. You hear what I'm saying? It's an understanding about the visions that God has for you, about the place whereby you must be. And so in order to do that, you need to see things that are bigger than what you have now. And so I want to challenge somebody that you can get things that are bigger than what you have now. Don't be satisfied by the small mountains. Oh, now I have paper. No, it's not enough. It's not the paper that matters. It is what you, Ernest was saying, we must pray that is the Netherlands is blessed. So you must be blessed. You must be blessed by being here in this land. I was talking to one brother who was saying, Pastor, finally now I get to go to college and do what I... He said, yes, young man, he's waited 16 years to go back to college. And he has not wasted time. The moment he got paper, he went into college. Why? Because he realizes there is wealth in the land. And there is a way to get to that wealth, but I must see the bigger picture. So you must see the bigger picture. See the bigger picture. Wherever you go, whether you will go back to Africa or to, uh, to Asia, Indonesia, I don't know where you've come from, whether you will go to the U.S. or you go, you go back to heaven, see the bigger picture. You hear what I'm saying, church? Caleb saw the bigger picture and says it was God who spoke about the beautiful mountain, about the place Hebron. It is a place where the giants had settled there because it was good. The giants did not settle there because it was bad. They chose it because it was good. They took the best for themselves. And they made it their place. And so David eventually comes and also makes Hebron his dwelling place. Why? Because it is a good place. And Jerusalem is now there, a city surrounded by many hills. You see, it's not easy to conquer Jerusalem. Why? Because it was a good place. It's a good place. So you must see bigger than the small mountains. Tell your neighbor, see bigger than the small mountains. See bigger than the small mountains. And so a mountain is something that you must get fulfilled out of the word of God. And now here are just a few things that I need you to understand. Number one is you must remember what God has said about his promise. Caleb remembered what God had said 45 years back. Says, remember what God said. I, 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 I look at this and I'm thinking, Caleb has this conversation now with Joshua. They have been conquering and conquering and conquering. Had he forgotten? No, he had not forgotten. But his, the word was still there. And now Caleb comes to activate the word. Which is what you're going to do with me in a moment. To activate the word. So remember what God has said. Remember what God has promised. If you have a witness, have a witness with you. Caleb says to Joshua, remember God said it. We were both there. You and I stood there and God said, remember. If there's somebody who can witness with you, it is better. In the presence of two witnesses. A matter is established. If you are married, make sure your wife knows what God is saying to you. If you are not yet married, make sure you have a prayer partner who knows what God is saying to you. 
If you have no prayer partner, at least at a minimum, write your things in a book. So that one day you can bring out the books. You see, there's, 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 in Esther, in the book of Esther, what Mordecai did was written in a book. His good act was written in a book. And in the middle of a night, the king is thinking. He is troubled in his mind. And he says, bring me the book so that I can read. And suddenly, while the king is reading, he says, there's this story about this man, Mordecai. What was done to appreciate him? It was written somewhere. Well, at least write it down. Write down what God has said. There, is, there, is, there are many things that I've written down. And sometimes you go back, like I was telling you, some of the things that are starting to happen now, 10, 15 years ago, I was hearing about them. Have a witness for yourself. Secondly, the promises of God, whether it is a mountain you have to level or climb or a mountain you have to work hard to achieve, whichever way you, may, you will need to fight. I've already told you nothing comes without a fight. You will need to fight. And so Caleb says, I am still as strong now as I was 45 years ago. Strong to do what? To go out and fight. To go out to battle. I'm not just strong to go and eat. I'm strong to go out and fight for it. If I must fight, I'm going to fight. If I must battle, I'm going to battle. Nothing comes on a silver platter. You have to work. Even Jesus had to work. So you have to work. So be ready to put up the fight. Like my sister was making us pray. That you see, there are some who will rise to just speak against us. You can't give that, 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 that building to those people. There are some who will just say that. You, you can't. I know some, some, some will even say, where do they get the money? I looked at the face when I was talking to the board guys. I looked at their faces when I told them we have got four buildings in the Netherlands and their faces changed because they, they were just thinking we are ordinary people. By the time I told them my church has already got four buildings, their faces changed. You can see that suddenly they start to, start to see us in a different light. To say, ah, so these people are capable. Maybe they were just coming to heaven. No, it's not just some funny discussion we are having. It's serious business. And, and there are people who just, 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 just say, you, brush you aside. So you will need to fight. You will need to fight. You will need to stand your ground. You will need to go for it. Tell your neighbor, go for it. Go for it. Number, second, third thing. Third thing is you need to, you need to be committed to the promise. See, because when you see the giants, if there is no commitment, you will run away. The reason, the reason the other ten died in the wilderness is because they had no commitment to take it all. But Caleb had a commitment to say, God, this is the land you have given to us. And when you are committed, you are willing to face the giants even 45 years later. 45 years later, you will face the giant like Caleb. Doesn't matter, you will face the giant. Why? Because you are committed to the cause. You will say like David, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason why we must fight this Goliath? 
Why? Because there is a cause. But it needs a commitment. You must be committed to. You see, the, commit, the commitment to stay free and walk in the obedience and in the promise of God. If you don't have a commitment to it, you'll be like Saul. Who was happy to be sitting there and not giving a try at Goliath. See, Saul was not a bad fighter. I know he killed only thousands and David killed tens of thousands. But he was not a bad fighter. And he was a big guy. He was not a small guy. He was also a big guy. He could have challenged Goliath because he also had the anointing on him. He could have just taken up and said, I, I as the king challenge you. Because that's what David was doing. Because David understood the commitment behind walking with God. And walking in the promise of God. And, and so you need to be committed to the promise. And, and the last thing is, is to go up to the next level. To go up to the next level, you need to ask. You need to ask. Caleb comes and says, give me this mountain. I want you to stand on your feet and, and you're going to ask the Lord again. I know you've prayed and asked, but, but I, I want you to just to ask it again. Say, God, give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. You see, give me my mountain. You see, it is the asking that triggered it. If Caleb had not asked Joshua, he probably would not have been blessed to go off and take it. But it is an asking that you make that triggers the promise of God. You see, the promises of God are yes and amen, and yet we have to ask for them. We have to ask for them. We have to ask for them. You see, Jesus says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. So Jesus knows that the, 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 the laborers are few. But he will still say to us, ask that the Lord of the harvest will send out harvesters into the harvest field. Ask of the ask of him and he will do great and mighty things. Daniel, Daniel was reading on the prophecies of God. It was 70 years that had gone by since Israel had gone into captivity. And Daniel, while he was reading, the Bible says he understood that the 70 years were now come and it was time for them to return back to Israel, back to their homeland. And as he, as he, as he's realizing that, as he's realizing that Daniel begins to pray and it was the prayer that triggered the return of Israel back to their home. Nehemiah realizes that Israel was desolate and that somebody needed to rebuild Israel, rebuild Jerusalem, sorry. And Nehemiah goes into a time of prayer. It was the prayer that caused a King Sarasa to say, take whatever you need. I give you the hood. I give you the timber. I give you the building material. I give you the people. I give you the support. It was a prayer that triggered it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, pray and trigger your promise. Trigger your promise tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, trigger your promise. Trigger your promise. In the Leboko Sotolobosha, Rika Baba Baba Sandaraba Shakata, trigger your promise. Say, Father, let the promise come to pass. Let the promise come to pass. As you have spoken, let it come to pass. Perhaps you don't have an understanding of the promise. I want you to say, Father, give me an understanding of your promise. Give me an understanding of that promise. Ah, Makandelebo Shekerebeha. God can also tell you what that promise is. In the name of Jesus, Makala Babobo Soto Lobosha. 
Makale be 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 sandoro bosha. Rike be 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 ke sandara bababasa. Rike lele boshe kandara bosha. Rike be 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 sandara bashe kelele bosha. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Mandere be ko soto lolo bosha bababababa. Rike lele be ko soto lolo bosha bababasa. Ere bololo boshe. Indarabakando lobo shakalabaka Yabababobo Sotolobo Shekereboko Sandarabo Shakalabosa Ribebebebeko Sandarabati Erebosha O God Mandereboko Sotolobo Shababataya Erebekenanda Trigger the promise Trigger your promise in the name of Jesus Rikebebebebo Sandarabosha Yekarabosha Tararabosa you are taking hold of it. You are taking hold of it. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. I prophesy God's speed in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that the Lord will open the door for you. I prophesy that the blessing will begin to flow in your life. In your life. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy a time of peace. In a time of joy. I prophesy today a breakthrough in your study in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a breakthrough in your study in the name of Jesus. Makando lobosha areko batarabashanda mando roboshekana. Oh, this mountain be thou removed in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a removal of every mountain of every stumbling blocker of everything that has been standing in your way i command them to go in the name of the lord jesus i prophesy today that everyone who has been standing against you who has been standing against you and preventing you from fulfilling the promise and the work of god the call of god over your life and from today they are moving over in the name of jesus Reba babo shakata labasa mando robosha reka baba 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 babo sandala bashata reka baba 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 reka baba baba sandala bashanda in the name of Jesus you don't even know it yourself but you are destined for something bigger you are destined for greatness I release that greatness over your life I release the greatness over your life in the name of Jesus makalo rabasha rababa in the name of Jesus, the Lord will say, from now on, you will always be put into the forefront. You will move away from being in the back and you will be in the front. In the name of Jesus, I declare it so. In the name of Jesus. Kepalabashata, ripapabosata lababosanda, ripapapapapapapapapasanda lalabashata, rekelelebekosanda lalabashanda. God, give me this mountain. Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain, Lord. Give me my mountain, Jehovah. 
Makala baba 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 bobo soto lo bobo sa. Raba baba 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 bobo sondo lo bobo bose. Riba baba 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 bobo soto lo bobo bosa. Riba baba 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 bose kelelele beke. Riba baba 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 bobo bosa talara baba baba sa. Yere bebe bebe kera bosa ndara Oh yes, possess your mountain. Possess your mountain upon Mount Zion. You shall possess the mountain. You are on top and not on the bottom. You are ahead and not behind. Possess your mountain. 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 In the name of the Lord Jesus. Possess that ministry. Possess that ministry. Possess that ministry. Oh, the call of God is over your life. The call of God is over your life. Possess it. Take hold of it. In the name of Jesus. Erebeke nandara ba shakala baha riba ba 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 bo sendele erebeka ria bo bolondo rolobo shakala raba ba 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 ria bebe lendara raba shando rolobo sondo rolobo sha ria ba 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 landara raba shandara raba sanda ria bebe nenderebo kosandara raba shakata rika balondo rolobo shakara raba sanda from now on you're going to be effective for the Lord you will be effective for the Lord you will be effective for the Lord you will be effective for the Lord. You'll be effective for the Lord. I speak an anointing over you. I speak an anointing over you. An anointing over you. I speak an anointing over you. In the name of Jesus. I speak an anointing over you. I break the curse. I break the curse that has held you down. I break the curse that has held you down. The curse that has held your family down. The curse that has prevented Vented your family in the name of Jesus. I break it right now. I break it right now. God, I, I take away the mountain. I, I level that mountain of the curse in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ripa ponda la bashaka tala la basanda rebo poto toto roto sha reba ba 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 bo yeka la ba 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 yeka la ba ba bo bo sendelelebeka in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus sandolo bo 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 sa shepa pa Oh, sheka baba bosa, sheka baba landara baba babasa. Oh yes, oh yes. Father, we take authority. We take authority. We take authority. We take authority. In the name of Jesus. Kandarebo shakata. Oh yes. This is your year of breakthrough. It is your season of a breakthrough. In the name of Jesus.
I declare it over you in Jesus' name. It is a season of your breakthrough. <laughs> you are breaking through where your family has never broken through. You are breaking through where your people have never broken through. It is your season of breakthrough. Your year of breakthrough. There is a new beginning because you break through to another level. I declare it over your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Like, I, I, I see this, um, like, when Pastor was talking about breakthrough, it actually rings, confirms something in my spirit. Like, there is a financial ceiling. You've been trying to cross over. Like, there, every time you try to get there, you, you always come down. Something comes to, to, to keep you just below it. That, that breakthrough anointing has been released for you to cross over in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and receive it in the name of Jesus. Whatever place you need to break through. Say, Father, give me this mountain. You are breaking through. You are going to the other side. To the place of your destiny. I call down fire against every wicked arm. In the name of Jesus, God will destroy such from your life. Will burn every chaff that has stood in the way. In the name of Jesus. Oh God. Mando telaba shondalaba Sindelele boko nanda rabo shera baba bosa. Shandele boko nanda rabo siere bosha. Makando tera bashika ya bataya. Irebo bosita. In the name of Jesus. Father, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. In the name of Jesus. You see, one of the things that, that, that you need, this is just the last prayer and then we take the communion, is, 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 is you need destiny helpers. You need destiny helpers. You see, Caleb and Joshua, Caleb and Joshua were the two that went in to spy and came back and supported each other on the cause that God can give them the place. And God gave them the place. And now Caleb and Joshua are again fighting a battle together. Caleb needed Joshua. Joshua needed Caleb. You need destiny helpers. You need destiny helpers. So I want you to pray. You see, David needed a Jonathan. You need a destiny helper. You need destiny helpers. Paul needed an Ananias. He needed a Barnabas. Timothy needed a Paul. Need destiny helpers. Destiny helpers. I want you to pray and say, Father, every destiny helper, let me connect with them. Let them rise and come and meet with me. Let me meet with them.
I know the power of a destiny helper. I've had destiny helpers. People that have said, stand on my shoulder and you will see what is beyond. People that have just connected me there and connected me there. Because they are destiny helpers. Say, Father, connect me to my destiny helpers. To people that will help you to move mountains. To people that will help you to move the mountains. To people that will help you to displace the mountains. And possess those that must be possessed. Father, connect me to destiny helpers. Let a destiny helper, a supervisor, a professor, a manager, a neighbor, a father, a mother, a friend, a stranger who comes in to propel me to my place. Connect me to them. A bus driver, a, somebody who just gets me there. Somebody who takes me to the place I must get to. Give me destiny helpers. In the multitude of counselors, there is victory. There is victory. Give me the multitude of helpers for my victory. Give me the multitude. Oh, Rababo Sandeleboko Sandarabakahaya. Shikelebo Kondaria Valondoloboshe. Rikenderebo Sandereboko Sandaria Rabota. I call every destiny helper. I call every destiny helper. My God that is needed for the activation of the promise. I call every destiny helper. Indelebo Shakandarabota. When Judah needed to go out and conquer the land, he needed, he called his brother Simeon and said, if you can help me, Simeon, I will help you. And so it was Simeon that crossed the Jordan with them first and they went to conquer the land. And then they went to help Simeon. And then they helped one another. The Reubenites were destiny helpers. The children of Reuben, they were destiny helpers. They crossed the river Jordan just to help the other tribes to conquer. Oh, you need your destiny helper wherever they are. I call them out. I call them out. I call them out. I call them out. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Understanding that on the day that Jesus 